coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, this is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, let's spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. Hello and welcome once again on this fabulous President's Day weekend, a holiday I'm not quite sure understand why why it exists. George Washington's birthday, I think, is today, February 17th, 1732. He turns 292 today. Happy birthday, George. And Luke Ned Carney, Alex Thompson here with you with a not-so-happy occasion because with the Super Bowl happening, great Super Bowl, we got an extra whole extra quarter of NFL football at the end. But similar to where we were with college football a month ago in the CFP, it has been put to bed. The season is over. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions yet again. The Everyone's wishes came true. Taylor Swift got the Super Bowl. Uh, all the Swifties can be happy. And, well, Kyle Shanahan once again kind of looking for answers after coming so close and being still yet so far away as me, Patrick Mahomes to me, Cole Hardman, a damn good dog scoring the game winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. And man, I was just that, that it, I just want to start by saying, I am very glad we got a close game. I'm not going to say a good game, but I am glad we got a close game that came down to the wire and wasn't decided at some innocuous point in the second quarter, like some Super Bowls have been. Yeah, I mean, I just call a spade a spade. The first half sucked. It wasn't. It wasn't good. Um, it. I mean, it. It was. I. I remember texting you. I. I thought it was a boring game. Um. You. You said you were kind of into it. I. I got into it more. Um. In the second half, as it looked like it was going to become a down to the wire game, but it. It. It was very. Uh. But both teams were played very, very conservatively in the first half, which I think is why it was very boring because it wasn't exactly a defensive struggle. It was just it didn't seem like either team was w willing to take risks. Um, both defensive lines pressured really well, and, and I, I think both defenses did a really good job of keying in on what the other teams were going to want to do. Um, Christian McCaffrey, for the most part of the first half, was shut down. Travis Kelsey, for the most part of the first half, was shut down. Um, I, you know, it, it first Super Bowl that I can remember going to overtime, um, at, at least in recent memory. Maybe I'm completely forgetting something, but... Um, uh, well, Fal Falcons fans appreciate you right now because twenty three yeah. also went yeah. overtime. Well, <laughs> see, I, I guess it's because they've they changed OT rules yeah. since then, so this one felt different. It so much to the point where neither team knew what the rules were in overtime. Like it, it was kind of college OT rules, but full full length of the field, um, which is which was weird because that's it's not an overtime rule that's used in the rest of football for the most part, um, in professional football. Um, so it was, it was kind of strange. Uh, and you know, just another gaffe by Shanahan, um, by, uh, choosing to go on offense where, you know, if you watch college football and you know, both teams are going to get the ball, you always take defense. You always 
want to know what you have to go score. You and you never want to be the one kicking a field goal first because you 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 know that the other team has all four downs every time they touch the ball after that to go score a touchdown or at least tie it. Um, so I. It, it it was just kind of an underwhelming Super Bowl, I think, for all the star power that was in it, for everything surrounding it, all the gravitas and, you know, e- even even the Swift stuff, which thankfully they, I think they really did a good job of keeping to a minimum. Um, I, I didn't see her overwhelmingly more than some of the other uh, celebrities who were in attendance. Um, so from that perspective, I thought it was an enjoyable game. Uh, there, there There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, ultimately I'm just kind of pissed off that the 49ers choked it because Jawan Jennings is on his way to Super Bowl MVP and that's not hyperbole. That's not biased. That guy was on his way to Super Bowl MVP. Um, and that would, that would have been super sweet, but, uh, you know, he did, he did everything he could to win that game. When he scored that touchdown, I just, I pictured you like inhaling like Kirby, just like all the food at the buffet at JD's. I was like, Thompson's probably just in like fucking full on like great pumpkin mode right now when he caught that touchdown pass. I I was doing like the, (laughs) I I don't even know how to explain it, but just kind of like flexing down like a bodybuilder. Like, cause I mean, dude, I do it every time he touches the ball because it's just a natural reaction. That's the touchdown that he scored himself. Um, was it just looked like every other time he touched the ball at Tennessee and it's why Tennessee fans are so confused at why he didn't go a little bit higher. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have a lot of the flashy numbers, but that guy is impossible to bring down when he knows where he needs to get to. And it's within sight. I've never seen someone who plays like that. Um, And then not to mention having the touchdown pass, Really cool. Tennessee has had a Super Bowl MVP or two in its time. Uh, who 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 threw touchdown passes? It would have been really really nice to add Jawan Jennings, who by the way was the highest rated quarterback coming out of high school in this Super Bowl. He was a four star uh, four star dual threat quarterback coming out of high school, um, ranked above Lamar Jackson in that class, uh, but also higher ranked than Mahomes, Purdy, and. Whoever else is there on the bench, uh, Sam Darnold, I believe. Um, so cool little stat. He never never played uh, QB at Tennessee. We were never going to let him play QB at Tennessee, <laughs> but um, he 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 has it in those little instances. It's like that little uh, old reliable uh, skill set that he has, which you know paid off for him. Got them a touchdown. So, what did you think of the game, Luke? I've I've droned on here about so the game. I- First of all, to, to the official time that Taylor Swift was on the screen was 55 seconds. So like less than a minute. Like that. Yeah. Good, good job. Good job, CBS. I actually I was on a couch in the living room, and then on another couch, there were three Swifty girls watching. There was like 20 people at, at the party, but the subgroup I was in was like six people and like three Swifty girls. And like half the time they weren't even paying attention to see her on the screen. And I was like, yo, ladies, like she's there. Look, take your pictures now. Cause like I I've been kind of paying attention. Like they don't show her nearly as often as as people say she do. This is largely a a people want to be mad on Twitter thing, one way or the other. So, but the official number given was fifty five seconds. Good job, CBS. Uh, I I really enjoyed the field goals. I, I liked that it was a field goal. But I know that's not people's idea of good football. But I'm a special teams guy. I I mentioned the kicking game could be a factor in this game, and it was a factor in this game. We had the Super Bowl field goal record set twice 
um, uh, Jake Moody with a 55 yarder and uh, Harrison Butker usurping him with the 57 yarder a little bit later in the game. Uh, I thought it was a great halftime show. It was uh, it was not overly, you know, overly produced or over pomp and circumstance. Usher just kind of went out there, did his thing for 15 minutes and then then got back. Um, all the, the girls at the party all swooned when he uh, took his shirt off. That, that was, I guess, I guess, cool. Um, big, big middle school dance vibes for uh, for people of our generation. Really enjoyed that part. And then, uh, yeah, I actually had to ask somebody at the party, like, and this is how bad it was for me. Like, I had to ask somebody at the party, like, what are the overtime rules? Because I wasn't quite sure about them because the NFL is so you know, ambiguous with it, depending on what level or, you know, if it's the playoffs versus the regular season. So what, what I didn't know was that if the clock had run out in the first quote unquote quarter of overtime, the, the chiefs would have had another play. Cause it's like, it's like they have to play a, ha- a half. They're playing a, another half instead of playing just one overtime period. So when they were running the clock down, I was a little confused. And then someone was like, Oh, like they get another play. Even if the clock runs out, fortunately for them, it didn't matter because they scored on that play, but you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, it's been a while since I've watched the Super Bowl with a larger group, like a group larger than, than 10 people. But once the game started, everyone kind of settled down, like picked their spots and, and you know, we watched the game and ate, ate a bunch of food. It was a, it was a lot of really good food, man. Just in terms of, you know, homemade stuff, there was some East coast wings there, uh, homemade Buffalo chicken dip, lentil dip, chili dip, lots of different chips. There was this like kettle corn ish type thing that, you know, it had, it had chocolate coat. It was chocolate coated popcorn, basically, it, man, it was, it was fucking incredible. I, I, I brought some gummy, you know, sour patch kids and gummy bears to contribute. It was, it was a, a, a smorgasbord of snacks and food. It, it was really everything a Super Bowl party should have been. Um, and, and I, I really had a good time. I, I kind of remember that more than the game itself, because like you were saying, you know, not a whole lot memorable happened in the game until the end, but you know, Las Vegas did a great job. I'm sure they're going to come back to, to Las Vegas for uh for another Super Bowl, and I'm sure the Raiders still will not have won a playoff game at Allegiant Stadium when that happens. Um, shout out Jimmy G, two game suspension. <laughs> that's that's for, the one piece of whoever, actual. Yeah, for whoever picks him up. Yeah, that's the one piece of actual NFL news that has happened since uh since the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, man, it was it was it was a nice little cap off to this NFL season. Uh, I got made fun of for my Commander shirt a little bit, but you know. That's just how it happens. Yeah, I mean, you should. You should yeah, be made I, fun I of. I walk but, right into it. But, the, but at yeah. least I was the host of the party was wearing a Luke Keekley jersey. Like, it's like, at least we weren't as bad as the Panthers this year. I, I wore my Jaguars hoodie, so at least, you know, it would <laughs> see some Super Bowl action. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, I need to show it what it's working towards. Um, uh, I I believe the the host of the JD's party was wearing a uh, polling for Taylor Swift's boyfriend shirt, uh, kind of in uh, t- tongue in cheek uh, type of deal. Um, so yeah, the, the Swifties I was with were a good balance because they knew they knew football, so they were like, okay, this they know what's going on here, but they're also like like going into white girl mode when Taylor's on the screen. It, I, I I thought it was a good balance. They weren't just there staring at their phones while the game was going on. Like these girls were into it. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of folks who are in that demographic uh, have have at least learned a little bit of football so that they can enjoy the time surrounding when Taylor Swift is on the TV for <laughs> during those on, games. They can bet on it. I saw a tweet saying that there was the record number of female betters for for this Super Bowl. So, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about more about gambling a, a little later in the show, but 
man, this is kind of a new a new direction that sports are headed in, and the, these companies are uh, are definitely uh, <laughs> they're definitely uh, trying to get a piece of the pie, uh, if if you will. Well, and it, it becomes completely legal here in North Carolina the week of the ACC basketball <laughs> tournament. So, uh, um, get 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 ready for a heavily vetted March Madness, uh, especially you know considering Duke and UNC are both going to to make the big dance for sure. Uh, it will be legal here in North Carolina to bet on actual games. You've been able to prop bet the entire time, but um, you weren't able to bet actual. Vegas lines. Uh, so. That's a good. It's a good reminder, though. Uh, stay tuned. We're one month from Selection Sunday uh, for for the NCAA tournament, which means we're about one month from the right hash bracket smash. That's what it is. Yeah, the right hash bracket smash. So uh, we'll we'll have more info on that in the coming weeks. But just since we have since we have an opportunity here, we will be reprising that little side quest for uh, for you listeners. See who can who can win the bracket, win the win the the, the prize, the gift card, whatever it is that they choose. But We'll be doing another one of those for sure when NCAA tournament time rolls around. But um, now, now to you know, now to the off season. It's been the off season for the Commanders since about October, um, and you know, it's it's. I'm I, I, I'm interested in the discourse about Kyle Shanahan. You know, he's obviously not going anywhere. He but but he, he's had a lot of chances and he hasn't come away with the ring. And, and I I really enjoyed that. I didn't have to look at that Redskins coaching graphic for the fucking five hundredth time about our coaching staff in 2013 because he was on it. Because that, that, that just seems to pop up every playoffs. You know? Every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, qu- question for you. What what do you think about Steve Wilkes being the biggest scapegoat in the last five years in sports? Like, uh, oh, oh, old buddy with the, the Steelers and the Dolphins, uh, Flores likes to think it's him. But I swear to God, it's Steve Wilkes. This guy keeps getting unnecessarily fired from places for things that were not his problem. It's almost like he's like, I'll be that guy for like an inside job almost. He's like, I'll be the guinea pig. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can, that can't be it. But I don't understand that at all. San Francisco's defense didn't lose them that game. At I mean, all. I mean, Ch- Chase Young had a fucking sack. Uh, that dude's a miracle worker. Like, come on. Like, Dude, I, that, I, they were on Patrick Mahomes all night. Like, yeah, they yeah. really were. I mean, yeah, of course. Pat Mahomes went Pat Mahomes in the fourth quarter and overtime. That, that those couple of inevitable drives, there's nothing he can do about that. Like, right? They had <laughs> they had the right stuff calls. They they didn't get gashed by the Chiefs all night. Like they matriculated down the field. The Chiefs have good players too who have been in Super Bowls. How did this guy get fired? I almost wonder if he like if he kind of went into the GM's office. You know, John Lynch was like, "Hey, you need to pay me more." I wonder if that's the, that's the thing. It's like this: the defense carries this team. We have a seventh round quarterback, you know, running the offense. You need to pay me more. And John Lynch said, "Sorry, take a hike." Like that, I, because I can't imagine them just calling Steve Wilkes one day and being like, "Hey, man, this isn't working out." Because it was very clearly working out. You saw what they did to the Cowboys this year. You saw what they did, you know, to to. A lot of good teams, you know, they they shut down Tampa Bay in the regular season. You know, they they won that division, which has two other really good teams in Seattle and the Los Angeles Rams. Like, yeah, like what what the hell is Steve Wilkes supposed to do now? If only if only he could find a way onto that Washington staff, which is very much complete at the at this point. So he won't. But man. That, this could be a little different if we had just waited a little bit to to complete our coaching staff. But uh, yeah, no, I just to your point, I just I, I have 
as little idea as anybody else as to why this is happening to him other than than matters I just don't really feel like getting into on this this chill sports podcast so and, and like yeah, you said <laughs> most, I mean like er- everybody has their D coordinator roles filled like I don't know right. if there are any I know I know the Jags filled theirs the uh Falcons filled theirs like yeah, you said we, you guys we got yours. Yeah, we got Joe Witt um I, I mean if, if Dre Greenlaw doesn't tear his Achilles or whatever just coming onto the field does Steve Wilkes still have a job today probably yeah I, and I, I don't think a lot of people are talking about what that injury did to the uh, the Niners yeah. defense. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, they had two very weird injuries with Debo on offense and Greenlaw on defense. Um, man, that Greenlaw thing! I remember I just saw him head into the locker room. I'm like, what happened? They, yeah, he was they, never down. He was never down on the field. And I then they showed him. This happened. Then they showed him just like the turf monster got him like literally yeah, he, the turf he, monster. He took like a weirdly long stride. Like it, it just kind of like an awkward step running onto the field. And you could like with most Achilles, you could just see the leg reverberate as it snaps. And it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. On this, on this stage in this game, this guy makes it the whole year. And that happens. And I mean, that that's, that's the position, you know, uh, before the game I talked about, I was curious to see how the linebackers on both teams played, considering they were going up against, you know, high, high-level tight ends. And I think George Kittle only had four yards, so the the, the Chiefs checked the box. Um, and Travis Kelsey was so shut down that he was punching Andy Reid on the first drive of that <laughs> game. And, and the, I, I thought the linebacking cores of both teams did really, really well, considering what they had. Uh, in front of them uh, from the opposing offense. But once Greenlaw left, it kind of, you saw Kelsey kind of come out um, and, and have him and him and Watson uh, both across the middle of the field had a little bit more room to work with. And it opened up the game for Kansas city. Um, now, it's not to say that Travis Kelsey and Matt uh, Mahomes weren't going to get on the same page in the fourth quarter and overtime anyway, but it would have been nice to have Greenlaw out there to try to slow it down. Yeah, they, they're always going to bundle their home and auto. That's that's inevitable. Um, you know, save money by bundling home and auto. Uh, Mahomes, Mahomes and Mahato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mahomes and Mahato were just getting higher and no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You'll um, see how much you can save. No, we're not doing the whole commercial here. No. <laughs> no, we need. Where are the mamas and the papas when you need them? But, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> they're they're California dreaming right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's just I I. I, I liked uh, one more thing. I loved the way it looked on television with the uniforms. I I, I love mm-hmm. the Chiefs red and the Niners gold t- gold helmets and pants with the white jerseys. That really popped. It was the same matchup as we had four years ago in Miami with the same uniforms. So I just and I, I really liked that matchup. It was cool seeing it under an under a, an indoor roof this time. Um, so I'm I'm very very uniform obsessed too. Um, we're gonna have some new uniforms for some teams. The Jets are changing their uniforms. The Texans are changing their uniforms in the off season. The Lions might be. I'm not sure. I mean, I know there's. I think there's at least one other team that's going to be unveiling new uniforms this this off season. So uh, I look forward to that. And uh, yeah, it's it's just well, this is this is kind of where we are mid mid February, um, President's Day weekend, and uh, the the you know the Lions share of football is is behind us. We'll be uh, we'll have some some UFL. We will be diving into some UFL in a little bit when the season starts, though. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited that, about that. This is a uh, this is the first and foremost a football show, not a college football show, not an NFL show, but a a football show. 
as opposed to a a football show. (laughs) Do you want to make our uh, our our team declarations? Yeah, why not? There's no there's uh, this is as good a time as any. I'll let you know first. We we, we've decided we're going to go kind of like I guess uh, how Luke got started in the Premier League. Um, but you just kind of for the UFL, we're just deciding to pick a team and and ride it out. We took a look at the initial rosters. Now, guaranteed, uh, the rosters aren't going to be the same next year if the league is even around next year. But uh, it's a good place to start. And I'm staying in the great state of Tennessee. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna back the Memphis Showboats. Uh, that's borderline one of the coolest uh, team names I've ever heard, uh, and it's so fitting for. Uh, not only Memphis, but the state of Tennessee in general. Um, but uh, it, it's not just showboat in uh, you know the 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 action or um, you know k- kind of describing somebody. Memphis was very very popular for their their riverboats. Um, you might find Ron Rivera in Memphis, um, <laughs> but. Uh, show that that that's kind of where showboats come from. So I I, I did a little bit more digging into the name because I'm like that's that's an aggressive that's an aggressive mascot. But it's it's a, it's a callback to when they used to have uh, riverboats go up and down the uh, Mississippi there in Memphis. So um, r- really cool backstory on the name there. Uh, interested to follow the team. No doubt they'll probably carry more Tennessee players uh by and large than most of the other teams um i was definitely not going to houston uh that is where um and af- an aforementioned uh tennessee quarterback is and uh his, his name know, it, sounds a little bit like a military installation in cuba oh don't worry we, we got we got tortured all four years um <laughs> we, we we were in uh garantanamo bay for for four years and uh God, I just know he's going to beat the showboats at least once, and it's going to kill me. <laughs> but, um, that 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 that's who I have decided to back, Luke. I, I I initially had you pegged for a different team, and you kind of pulled a you kind of pulled a, a a trap card on me. I did. I bait and switched a little bit. There's the DC Defenders, of course, the Beer Snake. Uh, they're 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 very popular, um, and they're actually a football team in Washington D.C. that that wins games. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to go with them this year. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm taking the San Antonio Brahmas. Uh, similarly, because of the name, a Brahma is a is a a genetically engineered bull that is bred in in the state of Texas, um, and it's it's named out. You know, the name comes from from the fact that in in India, cows are sacred. The Brahma class of people are are very you know very one with with the bovine. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's like a, a bigger cow than normal. I think, um, and th- their logo is really cool. Texas, of course, you know, the Longhorns, they're known for, known for their cattle. I'm a big hamburger and steak fan. Um, I'm just a big, I, 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 cattle are my favorite big animals, I think, kind of my favorite farm animals. Um, and it's just, it's just a little different. You know, I'm, I'm a Wizards fan. I'm a Cavs fan. I'm an Orioles slash a little bit of a Nats fan. Of course, I'm a Commanders fan. Let's just, let's have a little bit of fun with this, not take it quite so seriously as my other teams and just, just pick somebody else. Oh, and of course, I've got to go into the roster a little bit because they have two NC State players uh, that are influencing my decision here. Jalen Samuels, the former scat back uh, under Dave Doran. And what did I say? What did I say? I'm a special teams guy. Their kicker is none other than Christopher Dunn, who is, I think, the best kicker that's come through NC State in quite some time. So he'll be uh, he'll be doing the field goals and extra points for the Brahmas this year. And I'll be I'll be keeping my eye on it. So 
Memphis and San Antonio are our, our two teams here on the right hash. Um, no word on who, who Rob Jordan's going to be drunkenly half-assed rooting for, but maybe, maybe we'll get him on, maybe we'll get his, his pick on the right hash later next week. And their, their, their most famous supporter, Barack Obama. <laughs> oh my god i'm i don't want to do this show anymore <laughs> no, it's early no i'm going back to bed no ufl no ufl <laughs> but, um, no end here we are we are up against a hard out today it is a, it is crossover season in college sports georgia and florida in men's basketball uh we'll, we have a we'll have a little bit of basketball later on sc little sec baseball toward the end but uh the, the other the second topic here and a topic that I've been a little more interested in because I've gotten to some games this year, finally. And, you know, the local team is good uh, here here in North Carolina. They've been good for several years. But but some hockey is, you know, we're, we're less than two months from the regular season coming to an end in the playoffs, uh, getting started. And it, it's one, I think it's some of the best playoffs in, in all of professional sports. Goes on so long, seven game series. And, you know, it's, it's, it's each game is is truly epic in 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 the stanley cup playoffs but uh i'll just kind of turn it over to you to give us a a little bit of a state of the carolina hurricanes uh, address here for our listeners who who might have an interest in that yeah uh it's it you know we're we're now post all-star break um that that came to uh came uh to an end last weekend uh really really boring i think we talked about this last week so uh you know we're, we're back in the mix of things uh the hurricanes and the coyotes were actually the only game on yesterday they were a little bit later tip at nine o'clock um we actually play the the golden knights tonight at 10 30 p.m uh don't know if i'm gonna be up for that but um always always fun to watch uh, the Canes get Andre Svechnikov back on the ice last night. 14 minutes of ice time. Uh, good to see him back. Uh, I mean, you know, Carolina doing what you expect him to against a really, really bad Coyotes team. Five uh, one. Uh, they literally led for 59 minutes and 44 seconds. We scored four, uh, 16 seconds into this game and then never trailed. Um, and goaltending has has been good when Kachetkov is in net he has kind of these um it, he reminds me a lot of Tim Thomas where he'll play like five really really good games and then have one that's like dude have you do you even know what the blocker does like do you even know what your equipment does like what where did you go what what do you think you're doing um but he's he's a, a young guy uh, we have trade deadline coming up uh, on March 8th, so there's going to be a lot of trades here. That There already have been some with, uh, you know, Elias Lindholm uh, getting traded to uh, the Vancouver Canucks, who are already uh, arguably the best team in hockey. They get, they get better. Uh, we played them uh, first game out of the All-Star break, lost by a goal, but they're a tremendous team, so it didn't hurt too badly. Um it's it's gonna it's gonna be a fun stretch. I I think at this point we know who the who the players are uh, in terms of these teams that are about to load up at the deadline to go compete for a Stanley Cup. Um, there, there's there's maybe a couple that are are built a little bit differently that you don't know how much they're actually going to move because they're young teams. And I'm looking at a team like the Rangers who have a lot of young players after they drafted uh number one overall and number two overall in back-to-back years um 
that there's talks about them dangling Capo Caco out there. They're uh, number two overall pick uh, from a couple of years ago. Uh, right now, they are ahead of the Canes in the Metropolitan by six points. Um, they're playing really well. That uh, they've been kind of a thorn in our side. That they're built very similarly to the Hurricanes. The only difference is they have like a shutdown, unquestionable goalie uh, with Shesterkin back there. Um, what did I say, Shesterkin? That's an Islanders goalie. Don't kill me, Rangers fans. Uh, Georgev uh, back there for the Rangers. Um, and it's, it's, it's been an interesting season, but like I said, it's pretty much the same players here. Kind of at the top, you have, uh, Panthers, Bruins, lightning. Um, the Leafs are kind of, uh, the the top four teams in the Eastern conference, Rangers, hurricanes, flyers, devils, um, at the top of the Metro. Uh, I I'm looking for the Islanders to probably take a move over the devils or the flyers, uh, here, but the flyers are a really good team. Um, and then in the West, I, I think this is the year that the West is better than the East. Uh, it hasn't been that way for a little while. Um, Stars, Avalanche, Jets, and Blues are at the top of the Central. And then the Canucks, Golden Knights, Oilers, and Kings are at the top of the Pacific. Uh, the the Pacific is, I, I think, kind of bad. But um, like I said, the Canucks are the best team in hockey. Uh, there's not really a question about that right now. And they got better recently with some of their trades uh it's going to be really really hard to beat the canucks without i mean really anybody who wants to go stand toe-to-toe with these guys are going to have to uh acquire pieces um because that they, they've gotten better from their already they're on 80 points right now the next closest team is at 74 um they're at a plus 61 differential they are that that they're just they do everything 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 and it's going to be very, very difficult to beat them if teams aren't acquiring. Um, so I'm very curious to see what the Hurricanes' strategy is because most of the uh, league, you know, you, you have these anonymous scouts that say, you know, so-and-so is inquiring about this or this. Um, the Hurricanes have been inquiring for the last month or so um, into getting a, a big goaltender. Uh, Jake Allen has has been a big one that has been thrown around uh, from the Canadians. Um Big time goalie, lot lot of experience. A little pricey though. Um, the Hurricanes have never been uh, monetary spenders, really. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what the Hurricanes do with their goaltending, since you know Freddie Anderson has had blood clot issues this year. He skated some. Um, Anti Ranta is just fucking terrible. He's also injured right now, which is a blessing in disguise. Uh, but we're down to one guy right now who can reliably play in net and honestly he kind of needs to be our our rotational guy um he should be the one that's playing every fourth game just because he's so young uh hurricanes could probably also use uh, another top six uh center um face-off guy someone who can who can put a puck in a net in the playoffs which is what the canes uh struggled with the last couple of seasons is just purely being able to outscore teams that they only scored seven goals against uh the rangers last year in the, in the playoff series that they lost so um that they, they need to get better there they need to get more consistent there for all the star power they have they do seem to go flat sometimes on offense um their defensive pairings are really good they have some they have some prospects they can afford to trade as well as some draft assets um so i i, I think carolina is going to be somewhat aggressive 
the one thing that keeps me from saying they're going to be fully aggressive is just the team's uh, proven history of not wanting to pay a lot of money to players. Um, and that, you know, that, that's just been true. The history of the hurricanes, that's not exclusive to this regime. That, that's just been, you know, Tom Dundon, Dodd Waddell. That's, that's been their philosophy is build from within, try to keep everything not cheap, but w- they don't want to be out there splashing the, the top contract on the market or anything like that. Um, I don't expect that to change, but hopefully we can have a little bit of wiggle room in that uh, they, they really have not wanted to acquire goaltending from, from outside that uh, they, they, they love to draft that and develop it and um, you know, supplement it with some of the, the, the affordable 30 plus year old veterans that are on the market, like Freddie Anderson, like uh, Antti Ranta, Petter Morozik in the past, um, so I, I, me personally, that's the biggest hole on this team is, is, is a goalie. And that's not a shot at Kachekov. He's just really young and a little bit inconsistent. He's a guy who probably just needs to, um, get sparse playing time and just work on his mental. Uh, he, he still can't even really speak English, so it's kind of hard to communicate still. Um, so I, I think the hurricanes need to go make a splash and get, whoever the top goalie you can get uh, and and have someone that's going to be here for at least a couple of years. Uh, someone that can Chekhov can learn from too. I don't think he can learn really too much from either goalie that's currently on the roster because I think he's better than both of them. Um, so get a guy that he can learn from that can mentor Kachetkov, uh, and you know, start, start getting dividends that way, not just draft a guy and then let Trip Tracy tell him all he knows. Like, let, let, let's let's do something a little bit different and and finally be the team in the matchup that is frustrating the other team with their goaltending. We have gone up against the Shesterkin, the um, Bas- dude Vasilevsky fucking kills us every time we play him. Uh, I'm just tired of being the team that has 40 shots in one goal versus the team that has 16 shots in three. Um, the, the Hurricanes need to flip that script because they take more shots than pretty much anybody in the NHL. Um, it's just their their goalies give up too much on the limited amount of shots the Hurricanes hold teams to. So kind of the state of the NHL, at least from the Hurricanes' perspective right now, uh, kind of give you a, a view across the league of what the standings are right now. Um, a, still a weird one for me to see, man, is this Blackhawks team. They're they're on thirty one points right now. They just got Connor <laughs> Bedard. They're on thirty one points right now. Um, they, they they're the worst team in the NHL, and they they have Connor Bedard, who is yeah, legit. Like he is legit. There is the one thing about hockey I have found very very few number one picks bust. Unlike yeah, football, that's absolutely correct. Very very few number one picks bust. Um. And- I mean, the Oilers were kind of like that when they had McDavid for the first couple of years. And now they're, you know, they're in playoff contention. Um, one one team that's very much not in playoff contention is is the Capitals. Um, they're sitting in sitting four spots out of the last wild card, six points away. I don't I don't see that really. I don't see them uh, making a move because they've already got they're already getting calls about guys like Nick Dowd, Max Pacioretty, 
Joel Edmondson. And I think the most notable guy is Anthony Mantha. That is probably going to be on the move here in a couple, couple weeks. Um, but it, it's all about Ovechkin with the caps. Now it's literally Ovechkin chasing Gretzky. He broke one of Wayne Gretzky's records last week. And that was empty net goals. 50 day now has 57 to Gretzky's 56. Uh, so that that's, that's one Gretzky record that he's, uh, he's taken down. But to me, to me, this is like Damian Lillard in Portland. Like he's there and he's literally the whole team. He's the reason people show up and he puts on the show every night. And, and it's just not really about wins or losses for this franchise this season, which I just, I just can't really get worked up about it one way or the other. Cause we're only five years out from a Stanley cup. Um, but I guess six now with, with this offseason with this postseason coming up. Uh, but yeah, the, the caps are, I think about to pack it into the suitcase for, for this, this, this season and just let Ovi kind of do what he does because this is a league that's kind of starved for, for star power compared to the other three major professional leagues here in America. So Ovi, Ovi still being a good ambassador for the game, but but his his team is just doing a whole lot of nothing. I was I was fortunate enough to see the Caps win in Raleigh a couple months ago in a in a shootout, and that's pretty much been the highlight of the season. I, I think, uh, yeah, man, the, the, it's 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 been tough on this side of the of the thing for uh, for for Capitals fans. But you know, we 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 we're pretty spoiled still. Um, but yeah, Ovi's Ovi's still just doing the thing. I kind of wonder if this might be his last year in Washington. Um, I don't know if we're going to try and move on from him next year, just completely rebuild, but Hey man, if you want Darcy Kemper, you can have him. I, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, um, I'll pass, but okay, he's yeah. still, but be- he's still better than anti Ranta. <laughs> um, uh, also real quick that there's actually a fair amount of star power in hockey, but just like baseball, you'll never know because the, uh, commissioner is so bad. Right. Uh, like we you, talked you, about this last. You never show. see it. Yeah, yeah you, you just never see it. Like, I, if it wasn't for me actively looking for Connor Bedard highlights just to see how that guy's doing, I would never know. Yeah, I would never see the crazy things that he's doing. Um, just absolutely destroyed this sport. I don't know a single person who watched the All Star Game or the Skills Competition or any of that shit. Um. So sometimes I watch that, but they they literally just use the same twelve people for everything. Yeah, and there were there, I mean every team gets a representative. They use the same twelve for everything. I know we talked about it last show, but it's just so it's just so dumb. It's just yeah. so so dumb. You are dumb. You are really really dumb. Which, which commissioner real. was Gary it, Manford or Bettman that we uh? got the news that he has an exit plan for 2029 that was Something manfred okay which is good entirely too fucking far away god damn it man. yeah but it, it's like it okay at least yeah at least it's light. ending there is light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> like, you know it's gonna sure. it's gonna be a rough five years yes but at least it's gonna end you see they got rid of batting practice jerseys like what the fuck? I mean, they're not going to do batting practice jerseys anymore. That's like the fun part of seeing, like, being like, oh, these are you can only see these if you get to the game early enough. And some of them were super sweet, but I mean, the whatever, NHL whatever. has done a similar thing with like skate around. You can't wear anything that's not, you know, pretty much your normal stuff right. because you know the the pride night. But it did away with like the camo jerseys that, uh, you know, they would sell and give uh give away to you know veterans charities and things like that. Right. Um, and I, 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 I guess, I guess I get it. Um, the, the hockey community has certainly not been, uh, not, not the community, but the, the game 
has certainly been one that hasn't adapted to uh, the political pulls in this yeah. country as quickly as some of these other leagues. Um, so oh, yeah. I, which half, I, the players, not, I, half the players I, are from countries where you get stoned to death if you like guys. So, you know, I was also going to say, like, <laughs> I'm not completely against it because I think they are very keep this shit outside of the rink away from here. And I, uh, it's like, okay, I actually agree with that. It's like, at, at least you have an all or nothing policy. It's not pick and choose. You can wear rainbows, but you can't wear camo. It's like, nope, nobody's wearing anything. St stick to sports, right? literally stick to sports. Yeah. Like, yeah. For, better or for, we, for better or for worse. Stick we to don't sports. need the end racism thing. That's not what we're here for. It's just, we're, yeah. just, we're, we're hockey. Yeah. I still, I'll never forget Joel Ward getting all those racist threats after beating the Bruins in 20, 2012. In that scoring the game winning goal in game seven. I was like, well, oh, that's, yeah. just, that's just fucking Boston. It's, yeah, that's it's fucking that's, Boston. That's not that's not where you want to be that color and doing <laughs> things against that team. That's that's one of the places you don't want to be. But it, it just means more racism. <laughs> yes. Um there, there is racism brewing in Boston. That's a, that's, a, that's a segue. That's what we call in the business. That's what we call a segue because yesterday was the first uh the first day, the opening day of college baseball in division Hell one. Yeah. SEC baseball at the most. And Tennessee fans are screwed this weekend because they have to get flow sports, <laughs> pay $30 for, but to watch their team three times. <laughs> what flow sports doesn't know is if you go to the main page of their watch tab, they give you like the little preview video and it's live. You have to refresh it like every two minutes because it goes dead. But I'm telling you, it's still better than paying 30 bucks. I can't believe that no one's closed that. No, so few people care about flow sports that like nobody's actually bothered to close the loophole. It's like also, it's for you Tennessee fans uh, on YouTube. Uh, if you're familiar with the bo uh, the message board Vol Nation, you'll know about Vol Freak. He's the the head of that. He's been kind of our ESPN uh, guy who's who's made uh, the Vol Nation message board. Uh, go subscribe to him on YouTube. He had this game uploaded literally within 20 minutes of the game ending. Full HD, right there on YouTube. Um, we play uh, at seven o'clock tonight, I believe. So uh, be on the lookout for uh, that being posted on his channel. Probably, uh, like I said, within thirty minutes of the game. So if you don't have it, you can maybe follow along on Twitter or on whatever score app. But then you can watch the game literally thirty minutes later or the day later, whatever. It's up there. Um, I didn't know he was going to do it that fast. I didn't know he was going to be able to do it with the flow sports stream, but it's right up there. So save your 30 bucks. I know it sucks not to watch them live, but save your 30 bucks, catch the replay on, on, on freaks uh, channel. And this is the only time we had to deal with this this year. It's so stupid, but um, you know, what is it? I honestly think they would make, they would have made a lot more money for charity if they would have given us like a four ninety nine weekend pass. I totally would have bought a $5 weekend pass to, to watch the Shriners classic. Totally yeah. would have. I'm not Man's buying doing, Flow Sports for thirty dollars to watch three games. Man's doing the Lord's work, dude. Man, it's, it's like people were talking about the Super Bowl going to pay per view eventually, like with all these streaming services. You know, uh, Amazon Prime is going to have a an NFL playoff game next season, so we're more and more and more stuff just heading in that direction. But the refresh button, the refresh button hack is hilarious. I, I it, it was, but I, like it was. It was high intensity. I will say that because it it would just cut out. Then you have to refresh. You have to hit the little um 
you know the little button that appears in the spot on the screen now to like go into the pop out viewer yeah it, you have to go into that because if you clicked on the stream directly it would take you to the we want your money page but if you <laughs> clicked on the little pop out button you could stretch it to the full screen turn on the audio for like three minutes catching that batter two and then it would die you have to refresh it and do it again and about about the fourth inning i stopped doing that and just went to the tennessee website and hit the hit the audio <laughs> which which is all always good um but then i caught the replay and it was better yeah the vol network you do it again do it doing doing the lord's work georgia also opening the season yesterday uh nc state every, everybody opened the season yesterday nc state got a win um over god who the hell are we even playing i i, I forgot uh vcu uh, actually VCU. pretty 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 decent team actually to open the season with um <laughs> georgia beating umc Asheville with a seven out of nine new guys in the lineup for, for the dogs this year charlie condon is the uh is the, the returner he's the big bat um, under Wes Johnson, or as the as the Georgia students call him, Wes Large Johnson, uh, he is he is one and zero in his uh, his his first season at a at with the Dogs, uh, replacing Scott Strickland. Virginia got a a ten to eight win over Hofstra. That was a wild game at uh, Davenport Field up in Charlottesville. And the 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 fun game, the real fun game. Ole Miss is out in Hawaii right now for a weekend series. Got a doubleheader tonight and then the finale on Sunday. But last night's game went 13 innings. First pitch was 11.35 Eastern time. The game didn't get over till about 5 a.m. Eastern time. And it was, it was man, just a, it was, those run out of my, my studios. So somebody was there working overnight, listening to baseball, probably wanting to put a bullet through their head. But SEC I was looking here. for them. <laughs> I didn't realize Ole Miss wasn't in the top 25. Right yeah, now. they had a horrible year last year. Um, it's just like off that. It seems like you know. I wouldn't say they've ever. I guess they have been number one in the last couple of years, but not for very long. Yeah. But it just seems like they're always in the top twenty-five for sure. Um, and just to recap on a couple of uh, uh, teams close to close to me, um, the Campbell Camels actually almost went to this game, hosting number se uh, ranked seventeen UC Santa Barbara, uh, lost twenty to eight. Um, the Camels replacing a lot of guys who got drafted the last couple of years um, off of a off of a very very small school budget. So um, it may, may maybe a little bit of a growing pain season. You know they they've lost a, a coach or two as well uh, as a uh, as a reward for doing so well. Um, they've lost almost everything that kind of built them up, except for the the head coach Justin Hare, who is a young superstar. I, I hope I hope the Creek can keep him for. Uh, the foreseeable future, but I think he's going to get, I think he's going to get one of these big offers soon. Um, and then the only ranked matchup last night, uh, Tennessee versus Texas Tech, um, talked about the game, didn't really talk about the score. Uh, Tennessee wins six to two. Uh, Billy Amick, the transfer from Clemson, goes yard. Oppo Taco, um, just one of those like, there's there's not a lot of guys in college baseball that can go opposite field off of a ninety plus heater. Um, and uh, it, it, it's it's why we we have been accused of tampering with 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 uh, with Billy Amick off of Clemson. We beat them uh, in the Clemson Super uh, Clemson Regional last year, um, and uh, <laughs> there have been allegations of tampering. I have no comment. Um, but we also introduced uh, transfer Cannon Peebles from NC State, the catcher, um, a, a less. Not not a super eventful night uh, at the plate, but did a very very good job as a backstop for us. 
Um, uh, uh, the first natural catcher we have had in the last couple of years. Uh, great to have him here. Saw him a lot at NC State. Had a really, really good freshman season. NC State, uh, dude, for being a top 15 team, they have had a, a really, really hard time keeping their their pri- their their main yeah. freshman every single year. They lo- lost Tommy Tanks to LSU two years ago. Lose Cannon Peebles from last year's team. Two freshman All-American guys. And you just have to wonder, what would this NC State team look like if they were able to keep both of those guys? Um, what would it be, be? What would it be like if we had a manager who lived in the 21st fucking century? <laughs> I mean, like, love Elliot Avent, but, like, he's one of those old-school guys that I don't think really knows how the portal works. Like, I just I just don't think he well, knows. Like, <laughs> I, I, I also don't think State had it shit in uh, – they didn't have their ducks in a row with their collective. Yeah, um, at the time either that, that that's kind of that's kind of changed a little bit, and you can see that with some of the guys that Kevin Keats has brought in, or some of the players that uh, Dave Duran have has been able to bring in in terms of you know marquee quarterbacks. Um, so I think NC State is getting there, but uh, still, you you just have to wonder: Are they going to be able to have enough money to also spend on baseball, um, considering they can hardly compete with the money going to football and basketball right now? Um, but very interested and uh, very excited for Tennessee this year. Um, unfortunately, we did have uh, Chase Burns transfer to Wake Forest, um, but we we bring in AJ Russell, big time guy. Went for ten strikeouts last night. Um, we have uh, Drew Beam going tonight. Was our starting pitcher, our our, our Friday night starter last year. Um, moves to our Saturday starter this year. Um. Did really, really well in the transfer portal. Tony Vitello has done an excellent job in the transfer portal since its um, uh, introduction. And, I, I, dude, I'm just so excited it's back. Um, same. Oh, dude, same. I, I'm i a much bigger college baseball fan at this point than I am an MLB fan. I, 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 yeah. I, I, don't, I have no qualms saying that on the air, off the air, whatever. College baseball is, to me, the purest form of, of the sport. Um, I, I have... <laughs> I have obviously more history with the Braves, but I totally agree. Uh, while college baseball has been a shorter stint in my life, Tennessee hasn't been very good for most of my life, so I haven't paid much attention to it. But um, just what it's done to the campus, what it's done, uh, you know, what Tony Vitello has done in, in seven years uh, has, has put it on the map for us. And, you know, go, going back, I, I think if you weren't fully, you know, bleeding orange for this team, when Drew Gilbert hit that right state walk-off grand slam in uh, the regionals a couple years ago, uh, that that was kind of that that was the Tennessee fan booster shot. That was okay. It's in you now. You you can't do anything about it. Um, and and it, it's it's been such a fun ride. It, you know, maybe disappointing at the end of the last two seasons, but this is one of those one of those sports where as long as we have a good. Uh, enjoyable regular season i'd much rather enjoy the 45 50 games we play in the regular season than win the tournament and ma- maybe that's weird to say maybe that's weird to say because i'm not the same way in basketball but with baseball it's just one of those like i don't know even with the braves i don't get mad because it's just kind of a slow sport um and it, like as long as it's good as long as you win 70 65 70% of your games at a major league level um you know maybe 80 85% uh here in college I, i'm cool i'm cool of course i want us to win the whole thing but there's so much just randomness 
to that too. <laughs> like the 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 last year, the best team won. I'll say that straight up. LSU was the best team in the country last year, a wire to wire, I think. But sometimes you just don't get the best team that wins, and you know, weird shit happens, weird matchups happen in these regionals. Um, it, you have to go through a lot to to win this bad boy. Um, I, I think you have to go through a lot more than basketball. Um, I've, I've just enjoyed it, man. I, I've enjoyed oh, yeah. it so much. Pre- it's it's such a choir, <laughs> such a, such a cool sport, such a good atmosphere. Um, I, I never knew the regular season could be as cool as it is. And uh, next next week we get to debut some of the renovations to Lindsey Nelson Stadium. They've added some more seats. They've upgraded it some. Um, not the complete full vision. I believe we have that done next off season where they do the big expansion and uh some of the big renovations but it's just cool that things are moving for the tennessee baseball program it's not something i uh would have envisioned 10 years ago yeah back to your mention about nc state baseball that, that might be a future hot box with how how debbie Yao kind of ran that ran the not ran it into the ground but didn't get the potential out of it that that you should get at a school like that but yeah growing up i was you know my, my mom used to drop me off at the davenport field gate I'd have a $20 bill, get a ticket, a hot dog, and a drink, and have change left over. And now college baseball is a revenue sport at so many of these schools. I mean, the ticket booth, it wasn't even a ticket booth. It was a folding table with, like, two ladies in chairs just handing you those, like, tickets you get at the carnival for games yeah, or man. whatever. Like, that, 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 that to me is college baseball. That's what college baseball has always been to me. Um, and then when Virginia won the national championship in 2015, it, it came full circle. You know, it was great. I was actually watching that game on the campus. It was it was really fun. Um, and and it's just it's only gotten more from there as I've I've gotten into SEC and I've been involved with broadcasts and yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to the next uh, next three months, four months, really, um, uh, leading up to Tom Sox season. But but to your point, that's why they call it America's pastime and not anything else because really, the the deeper you get into baseball season, the closer you are to, well, the the sport that really makes this show go around. Absolutely. And last thing I'll say about NC State is it makes me wonder how much mentally that Tim Corbin COVID bullshit that Vanderbilt pulled a couple of years ago had a big impact on Elliot Avent because oh, man. Uh, he, he hasn't he hasn't really managed exactly the same as he was leading up to that. Um, still got screwed. NC State, I, I'm I'm biased, but not towards the baseball team. NC State would have won the national title that year if. Tim Corbin hadn't bitched them out of it somehow. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm confident in that. NC State was playing the best baseball of anybody uh, there in Omaha. We almost and won they, with 13. We only lost one nothing yeah. with 13 players. Like, God yeah. damn it. Or three and to pitcher, one or something. Like, and pitcher, pitchers playing like three outfield spots and all over the infield and still still almost won that game. Um, it was annoying. Uh, quick quick sport. I mean, uh, score update from last night. Uh, just one of the big ones, St. John's taking down number two, Florida in oh, Gainesville. Wow. Um, so good win for them. I don't believe there were really any other upsets. Vandy edged out Florida Atlantic 12 to 11. Uh, that one was played in Nashville. Um, I'm looking up and down. Uh, South Carolina uh, uh, opens the season in the top 25 this year. Uh, they beat uh, Miami of Ohio last night. Coastal Carolina beat George Mason 26 to nothing. Um, fun, fun stuff. Uh, and then, you know, it, you, you're unfortunately going to get to see one of my favorite players from Tennessee, uh, Chase Burns over there in Wake Forest. Uh, they beat Fordham uh, 9-3 last night in Winston-Salem. Um, yeah, a, lot of buzz, a lot of buzz here. A lot of buzz here in this town for this season. 
De- Deeks kind of oh. took everyone by surprise last year. There, there won't be any surprises yeah. this year. This this city and is jazzed up. Twenty four ranked Kansas State goes down to Cal uh, six to three. Um, otherwise, I think everything else is a wash. Uh, uh, I need to go look at who Tennessee is matched up with tonight. I know we play everybody, <laughs> but uh, we play Oklahoma tonight. So the Josh Heupel Bowl is on. It is eight o'clock, not seven o'clock. We are eight o'clock once again out there in Arlington, Texas. Um, man, it's gonna. gonna I, I still don't see any other ranked uh, matchups. So, um, that this is maybe I'm biased, but I think this is probably still the best game of the the day. Um, I'm looking around. Yeah, I don't see. I, I watched I see a few innings. Else. I watched a few innings of Niagara versus Richmond yesterday. I was because that was like the first game that was on before uh, anything else started. So. I was uh, that that game's also on the docket too. If anyone wants you, to watch that, did you have an erection lasting more than four hours? Ah, uh, yeah, actually, as a matter of fact, got to stop taking Niagara, man. <laughs> I should probably put it through a call to the rich men north of Richmond about that. Yeah, um, yeah you should. <laughs> but it is the first official season of, or the first official day of crossover season in the in the Learfield Network Studios today. I shortly I will be headed to produce the. Uh, Georgia basketball broadcast against Florida today. And then I will be going into mercenary mode, doing some lacrosse for the Syracuse orange. Uh, So I, I, we, that's the one lacrosse program that runs out of our studios. And I will be, I will be behind the board listening to number four, Syracuse versus number five, Maryland in in men's lacks. So that's, 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 that's a pretty cool matchup for, for that sport. Um, I'll be, and I'll be done in time to watch the NC state Clemson basketball game. And, and some college baseball tonight. So that's that's what my world looks like for the next month or so. Um, dogs and dogs and basketball, though, are, are struggling a little bit. I uh, lost four in a row, um, maybe even five. I don't know. Actually, yeah, five in a row. Um, just lo- not very deep looking for answers. The SEC is kind of shaking itself out this year. The real surprise, I think, not surprise. I don't, I'm not going to say surprise. But the real story, I think, is Lamont Paris and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, there, you know, they were up at the top of the conference, um, kind of, kind of quietly. It took a while for people to, to respect them and rank them, but you know, we, we knew Auburn was going to be a contender this year. I think we, we knew Alabama was going to be a contender. Kentucky and Tennessee are kind of in that second tier right now with, with regards to records, but South Carolina is a team that, that I think has potential to go really far in, in the tournament. They, they had assists in, in Athens a couple weeks ago, they had assists on something like, 24 of their 29 made baskets that that was an astounding stat to me uh and it, it just it speaks to the job Lamont Paris has done in in just two short years uh in in Columbia uh but that uh, just SEC basketball here at the end of the kind of toward the end of the show as we're up against a hard out but that's that still some some loose ends to tie up but you know where, where do you see the end of the season going for the for the Vols though as you, you kind of mentioned they were they were kind of back and forth here in the last few games yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, you know, it's been obviously really nice to add Dalton Connect. He has been one of, if not, you know, the biggest story in terms of uh, a player this year. Um, I, I agree. I think South Carolina is the uh, and Lamont Paris. I think their story as far as teams. I think Dalton Connect is probably the story as far as a player this year. Um, and, you know, adding him has been great, but you know, this team doesn't really change if we add him and. Uh, Josiah Jordan James and Santiago Vescovi disappear like that. It okay, we didn't get any better because what we're, we're not adding anything, we're just replacing 
the two guys who were scoring with one guy, which I mean, it, it's that's great, but these are two fifth year guys who have had multiple games this season where they scored under five points combined. Um, and we, we just bottom line, those guys have to play well for us to do anything in March, period, point blank. Dalton Connect can go for 40 all he wants. It's it's not that's not going to win in March if Bescovy and Jordan James aren't contributing at, at least minimally. Assists are great, but I mean that Vescovy was one was the best three point shooter in the SEC last year, and that guy can't hit a broadside of the barn door with a shotgun this year. I just don't I, I can't really explain it. Um it's been really off. Josiah has been really off. Um those guys have to find it. If they don't find it, this is just another wasted Tennessee regular season. Um, you know, I think they've played well, uh, dominated Arkansas on Valentine's Day, but um, they probably liked that a little bit. Um, Perfect day I, for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I I haven't quite figured out how to how to work um, broke Razorback Mountain into into a more. Um, rolls off the tongue type of concept, but it's there. Uh, I love, I like this Tennessee team. I think this Tennessee team has the roster to do it. The roster has to do it though. And it's not doing it consistently. Um, the only place on the road we can win is at Kentucky, which is just bizarre to me. Um, of course, I mean, we, we won in Fayetteville, but who hasn't, you know, I, I don't really know what to think of this Tennessee team because I think they're an A-tier team, but they play C-tier basketball sometimes. And especially on the road, we were talking about this just a little bit before the show, but um, the road has just been unforgiving for these top five, top 10 teams, um, especially against unranked teams. And thankfully the balls aren't on the road today. We play in Knoxville versus Bandy, so should be kind of a nice cakewalk, you know, enjoy your weekend type of win uh, that at six o'clock tonight on SEC network. Um, but Tennessee still with a lot ahead of it. Uh, regular season, uh, ch- uh, turn uh, regular season champions of the SEC, maybe a bit out of reach right now, it seems, but um, what's really going to determine that is Tennessee ends the season with Auburn at Alabama at South Carolina and then host Kentucky. Jesus. Um, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about like, we're going to find out what your team is going into March. You know, it, that, that turn, turn in your final draft, essentially type right. of a uh, type of end of the season. So, um, you know, we, we got Vandy, Missouri, and then a rematch with Texas A&M who absolutely punked us the last time we played them um, in, in Arlington. Uh, is it Arlington? Oh, fuck it. I don't care. A&M. Um, yeah, A and M College Station. Yeah, College Station. I, I, I just always associate that word with Kyle Field, and I <laughs> forget that it applies to the rest of the places on campus. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, dude, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky, at literally the four top teams in the SEC a, aside from us. Um, so you're gonna see us on ESPN, ESPN two, and CBS a lot down the stretch. Uh, but this. Honestly, it's the best way. Even if we lose those four games, it's just regular season implications. We're we're in the tournament no matter what. Uh, Tennessee still flirting with the possibility of being a one seed. Um, thankfully, UNC has gone on a little bit of a a, a drought here. 
Um, you know, that there, there have been some of these other top teams that have laid eggs similarly, which is why we have stayed kind of in that five to eight range. Um, but but cr the, the cream is going to rise to the top uh, or, or or we're going to sink to the bottom in those last four games. And I'm kind of excited for it because uh, th those are the games that we need to play to elevate uh, our game going into March. I'd, ra I'd much rather play those four at the end than like somewhere in the middle and get nothing out of it meaningful towards tournament time. This is exactly what you want to be playing towards tournament time. You want your record, you want your schedule to look like this at the beginning of the season and the end of the season. That, that's the important time to play these huge teams. At least when, when, you, when you're already safely in the field of 64, this is the best way to end a season. It's just test, 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 test. Um, then you go into the SEC tournament, which is again test, 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 test. Yeah, you, you're thoroughly prepared. The best version of your team uh, will be on the other side of it. Um, this is a Final Four caliber Tennessee team. The thing is, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, maybe Kentucky, Final Four caliber teams. You cannot write off Kentucky, by the way. Anyone who's doing that is stupid and has not paid attention to basketball uh, for the last 15, 20, 30 years. Do not write off Kentucky. They have a lot of one-and-done guys. And I'll tell you right now, you do not want to be playing against Rob Dillingham in a win-or-go-home scenario. It is a shame that NC State could not hold on to him because he wound up at Kentucky, and he is a certified baller. You do yeah. not want to be against that guy. I mean, Kentucky, Kentucky's got got tons of them. Man. They, just, they just always have them. Uh, it was Vonimir Ivasic, seven foot two Croat. Um, fucking DJ Wagner, Dewan Wagner's son. Like they're they're always that team. Uh, um, but but I mean, this they, they haven't this had year. this guy though. Like yeah. they haven't had this guy though. Like if you haven't watched Dillingham, go watch Dillingham. This is a this is an NBA guard. He. He hit John when Wall. he is hitting. Yeah, jo John Wall was never this kind of shooter. John Wall was a really, really good driver and could take yeah, over the game that way. True. But like D Dillingham dropped 30 on Tennessee like it was nothing. Lost the game, but we couldn't stop him. We he was guarded and just hitting. He has kind of this weird, like this weird jump shot where his body kind of goes into like a greater than sign uh in his release. Um, and you just you just can't guard it. Pay attention to the red shoes. Much as I hate Kentucky, Robert Dillingham is a lot of fun to watch, and that's a guy you're going to be seeing in the NBA routinely. Um, do not get it twisted. This Kentucky team can beat anybody in the country. So, so if these top teams have all this talent, like there's been, but there's been so much parity with team, these teams on the road this year. I mean, there are so many more upsets, so many more ranked teams falling on the road to what we think is inferior competition, and it's it's. It's been a. I don't. I don't want to say fishy, but like we, you know, we've seen Kentucky go down on the road several times. We actually saw them lose lose to Florida at home uh, when they were missing DJ Wagner. Um, and but but it, that hasn't just been an SEC thing. You know, teams like Gonzaga is down this year. Uh, other, you know, the ACC has featured a lot of upsets on the road. You know, Virginia went to Notre Dame and got their asses kicked back at the beginning of January. Uh, so th this is kind of a, an epidemic that's affected most of college basketball this year. The best teams just cannot win away from home, whether it's in conference or out of conference. Yeah. And it's, it's been especially bad top 10 versus unranked 
teams on the road. Um, you know, we've had this. Uh, it, this is a stat that I saw on TV, uh, believe the SEC network for one of the Tennessee games last week. But uh, prior to this year, top 10 teams going into an unranked environment on the road had an above 500 percent or above 500 win percentage. Um, this year, it is not even at 400. I want to say it was like 3.389. Um, so 38.9% of the time, top 10 teams are going into unranked road environments and winning, which means 61% of the time they are losing those games. And you say the word fishy, I'm going to say the word rigged. Uh, just a lot of sports gambling. Um, it, yeah, uh, I mean... <laughs> Uh, uh, officiating has deteriorated year over year. So I'm, I'm not going to completely, you know, what, what is the saying? Um, don't, uh, don't credit malice for what you could credit to incompetence. Um, maybe that's the case here. Maybe they're just so bad and kind of get into the, the heat of the moment in these road environments against these big teams and, you know, uh, subconsciously make calls, but like, we're talking about large numbers here. We're talking about top 10 teams being the underdogs in, in unranked team houses. Like that is shit that should not be happening to this degree. Um, granted, I, I don't think we have, uh, you know, maybe UConn is the best team in the country. I don't think they play a schedule like anybody else is. Um, so I, I'm not completely confident. I kind of say the same thing for Houston. Um, I, I just don't see them playing enough top 10 teams that are legitimate, like the Big Ten and, and the SEC have. Um, but I, I just don't see – we don't have that separated – like last year, Purdue was by far and away the best team in the field, I thought. And I, I think a lot of people expected that to be the same this year, but it's just not. Um that they are, they are not overwhelmingly better than the rest of the field. Um, so m maybe it is just, I mean, transfer portal has leveled the playing field. There's not teams that are just oozing, oozing depth. A Auburn uh, is a little bit, but um, it's, it's a little bit more level playing field. So maybe that's what's happened. I, I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling shenanigans. So. <laughs> my, my theory is we have just a few minutes left here in this episode but my theory is that with nil and guys going to school to get paid now you know you didn't used to be able to get paid legally not even 10 years ago you know guys like rob dillingham the, the, that type of caliber player you're going to get paid now and once you have that have the bag you're not quite as worried as to whether you're winning or losing that that's my theory i also think this the, the betting and the efficiency incompetence of officiating plays into it because i as a former high school basketball official, we lost numbers every year. And where do these college basketball officials start? They start in high school. They work their ways up the ranks. And when you have fewer guys refereeing in high school, for whatever reason, you're going to have fewer guys making it to the college game. And you know the, the quality of officiating goes down because the quantity of officials goes down. And that's a very real problem that's happening at all levels of basketball and other sports. And of course, you know, with with the, the people in Vegas wanting to keep everything interesting, uh, so I definitely think it's a it's a smorgasbord of of a few different things. But I, I I think there's something to be said for the the NIL and you know secure the bag type thing and worry a little bit less about your performance because 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of NIL is not really performance based. It's just like, oh, you're you're a guy that brings attention to this university and its athletic department. Here you go. Here's a million dollars. But I'm sure, you know, it's it's a million different ways uh, that, that it gets practiced. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's been a lot. Legally, legally, it cannot be performance based. It's not it's not as uh, it's not as uh, but as being college basketball, the, the novelty of upsets is largely worn off you know the court stormings the you know this game on a random thursday night can this unranked team beat this top 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 10 team that's that novelty is largely gone because so many of those those results have happened this this year in the last couple of years so don't tell south carolina they stormed yeah, no. for kentucky <laughs> no yeah no for it for real but i which just, they I, should have they should yeah. have i'm not saying they shouldn't yeah i gotta i gotta wonder i, I i'm a big lamont Paris fan and i think that's a perfect fit there but I, I do have to wonder if one of these more blue blood schools for basketball is going to come calling at some point because ohio state just fired chris holtman and he was a name that came up so uh that's maybe mike barlow will maybe have some more insight on that late later on in in, in the season but hey the man that's my my two that's my two cents i'm betting my two cents on that <laughs> just just strength keep keep your basketball program strengthened down there south carolina just go ahead and ditch the football program yeah i mean yeah, just well, if you're gonna keep beamer there just stop paying attention to it because you're not even trying couldn't, um, couldn't even keep pete lambo around no um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> a, a, excellent that we have all these sports in swing though um sad to see football go would much rather it still be football season but always always um, always fun, fun fun to get into this and we're only about two months out from uh from our draft coverage as well so we'll be uh we'll be picking that up probably next month once the uh once the combine starts so oh boy and the commanders know. the commanders have nothing going on with regards to the draft so i'll, I'll be blinking <laughs> I, I i saw there was a mock that had the red uh the commanders trading down to 12 and i was like all oh. right this guy has no idea what's going on here oh, like that the, 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 they're not bringing in a whole new staff and hitching oh, their right to Sam Howell. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh my god all right i need to go cry now <laughs> before work this is where i go cry <laughs> god fuck the commanders man i just go brahmas go san antonio brahmas <laughs> hold on you guys said someone on the staff i saw the other day that i wanted to shout out though um was it ken norton jr i don't think so um, give me a second. No problem. Um, yeah, Joe Witt. It probably wasn't like a big, big name. No, it's no, it was scary. Um, Sharif Floyd. Oh yeah, I, he, I former, remember, play, former player. Yeah, yeah, I remember watching him slip on draft night. Yeah, I used to think his name was Sheriff. I thought it was cool that his that there was someone named Sheriff, and then I learned it was. Uh, <laughs> the other the the other guy uh was uh seeing ryan kerrigan on staff oh yeah no that's uh, that's great i think that might be a little bit of a concession to the fan base you know he's a he's an addition he's a like assistant linebackers pass rush specialist which which is exactly right for him but yeah, yeah that's that, that's, a, that's i love you'll keep fans that's what he was on the field the that's what he yeah. should be off the field yeah i mean fans love seeing him on the sideline you know it's kind of gives that he was he a lot of fans say like he was the last redskin you know, like that, you know, the last of the Mohicans type thing. He was the last guy who really wore that that logo on his helmet for a, a, a large amount of time who's still associated with the franchise. Yeah. So that, I, I love that. Yeah, I, I still don't know how good of a coach he actually is, but in terms of just seeing him there, you know, in the team team gear and on the sideline, that's that's fantastic. Agreed. Daryl Tapp along the defensive line, kind of go with that. Another former, a recently former yeah. player. 
We're basically um, naming former players right now, which is how we well, how we end the show. You know? Yeah, well, which it's kind of why I want. Not, I mean, not for that reason, but I I saw it. I just on Twitter it popped up. They were showing the the, the new staff, and I was like, these are some new names. You know, yeah. that this is kind of oh, a new guys. wave <laughs> of coaches. That this is that, that this is the picture we're gonna see in twenty. 34 when the 49ers are in the Super Bowl and all these guys are head coaches elsewhere. I, and I know, I know some of win anything. I know some of these words. <laughs> is this, do you know if this uh, uh, senior defensive assistant, John Pagano, is he of kin to Chuck Pagano? I don't know off the top of my head, unfortunately. Chuck Pagano is a name, though. That's a great name. John Fox was also a good coach from, from when we were growing up. Yeah. Into the, name, a- into the naming random sports people. Yeah, he thing. he finally did get his Super Bowl. Um, he John had a couple Pagano. cracks at it. John Pagano, oh, senior yes, defensive he is the, assistant. He is the younger brother of Chuck Pagano, who, was, I thought, who I thought was a good coach and kind of got a raw deal in Indy. But you know. I, I I agree. But Chuck Strong, that he yeah. he he won the ultimate battle. Yeah, Chuck Pagano, um, Ted Marzabrota, you know, another another I, coach from that. That franchise, but I mean, throwing back to Bobby Ingram too, back on receivers. Yeah, um, like that. I I like the composition of the staff. You know, it's a lot of new faces, and uh, you know, a lot of guys that are gonna have to find their footing with you know promotions. But um, these are all guys who have played, and I I think that's that's huge. It's not to say that you have to play to be a good coach, but. I I think especially when you're talking position coaches, you gotta have guys who played and played at a decently high level. Um, and I, again, I I just love having Kerrigan there. Um, because I feel like you just want someone who has skin in the game. Like this is, yeah, this is a guy that bled in that jersey. He understands. Uh, un- unfortunately, he understands what the Commanders, what the Redskins have been. But that's almost a benefit here. Is you know, now now he gets to be on the other side of the clipboard and he gets to make decisions. Um, not, not a lot. He's, you know, just an assistant. But um, this is a guy that has huge area ties, um, well-respected, I, I would imagine, in that community. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I think this is I, – I, I don't think this is where he ultimately ends up in Washington. I think this is a guy who gets fast-tracked, at least to um, a position coach. Uh, I – I, I've just always liked Ryan Kerrigan. I remember watching yeah. that draft with the I NBA do too. Studios. I do too. I wasn't um, you know, I wasn't with y'all, but I remember they, they used to tip the picks and I was yeah. like and I, I I wanted a quarterback that year. Yes. I, I was naive. I wanted a quarterback. And they, they I saw this this fucking clean shaven white guy. I was like, who the fuck is that? Why are we drafting this guy? And then the first game, the first game I watched with his rookie year, I watched with Nasser. And he had a tipped pass for an interception touchdown. And I was like, I take back everything I said on draft night. I was like, I'm good. Thank God we have this guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, not, not, Nasser had kind of a similar reaction. I, I don't remember exactly what he was wanting. Maybe uh, I, he was I'll, I'll tell you who I wanted. Me. And I'll admit it. I wanted Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> I wanted well, fucking you, Blaine Gabbard. Well, you couldn't have him. <laughs> that was ours. Um, uh, but I, I just remember going like, dude, I watched Kerrigan play. Maybe he's not the position you wanted, but this dude is a baller. He's and just, he wound up being a baller. A dude. He's a dude. Who, who, a dude. who is he he's lined a dude. up opposite he's of? He's a dude. Brian Arakpo. Yes. Man. That's the guy. Yes. 
I had Erasmus James in my head, and it was Arakpo <laughs> who I was looking for. Erasmus hey, James played for the fucking Vikings, I think. He, he played for the Redskins for one year. I don't know if he was ever actually active, but he was on the team. <laughs> that dude was a beast in college, too. Erasmus, Erasmus James, James, man. And Robert Kimdichi, too. Not not the same yeah. era, but, you know. The land, <laughs> the land shark. Number one overall recruit in this class, the, too. The Williams wall. Kevin Williams, Pat Williams. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. man. John that, Randall. They've had some good purple people eaters over the over the course of that Great franchise. Name. Great name. Well, unfortunately, we are up against a hard out here in the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios today. Glad to bring you a show. We look forward to the right hash, bracket smash, the UFL season, college baseball, everything we talked about today. And uh, we wish we wish Alex a good luck in his sports watching this this weekend because we know he needs plenty of that. Um, only only four screens in that in that living room. So I, I'm a, I'm actually working on my my guest room. I I just ordered the uh the other TVs. I'm gonna do a a two by two matrix of TVs on the wall in there. So nice. I, I'll have a se- I'll have a separate like designated sports viewing room uh, <laughs> with, with with a couch and like the the appropriate uh room for for company to watch as well. Where no, where no Bill Lundberg can ever find you. <laughs> so, yeah, you're you're gonna have to sleep on the floor when you stay here, but you're gonna be able to watch four TVs while doing it. Word. <laughs> As we ride off into the sunset here, you're really like the Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> really, the sunrise here. As this was a this was a Saturday morning affair here in the Kucheki Studios once again. Uh, glad to bring you all the sports talk. Very great, great way to start the day, and we'll have an episode of the Right Hosh with Rob Jordan and a special guest coming up. A little bit, a few days next week. Uh, we'll record that on Monday night and bring it to you, hopefully Tuesday. But stay tuned for that. Liverpool, lots of uh, injury news to catch up to. Lots of lots of soccer news to catch up to as uh, EPL season, UCL season heating up. We'll talk to you next time from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. This has been The Right Hash. the same